0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Podcast time again. Uh, welcome, welcome. We'll get right into it. I had a fun weekend. What about you guys? I was there for part of that weekend. You I were? had fun too.
1: Yeah.
0: I met Nell Gaiman. What did you do? I was not I, there for that part. No. I, was, I was recording uh, part of a show so
2: that my job could get on TV. Were you struggling to get that sentence out? Yeah, I couldn't think of how to phrase it. <laughs> Good job. Drunk no, we TV were... We,
1: <laughs> we, uh,
2: we actually had a camera crew and a friend of ours who's pitching a show on reality television about trains come by and recorded it on Friday and had oh, a grand time. you pitch
3: your job here?
2: I am the manager of a toy collectible store specializing in trains. Called... And Hobbies. Westchester trains and hobbies. There you go. There you go. All right. What's the name of the reality show? Working title is Rail Ties, which I is a little witty. It's a working title, even though they've already filmed. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, no. This is pilot. This is pilot stuff that they're doing. Okay. Uh, nobody's picked it up yet, but it's already getting hashed out for YouTube. Hmm. Um, yeah, Ra- Rail Ties, which is witty if you're in the train business. That's over my head. Um, Things that tie people together. I, I able, got, I got it. Well, I'm bringing it to your head level. Thanks.
3: Um, ties, Matt. Yes, it's, it's, I got, it's about ties. Right. It. making
0: sure, making, making clear. Uh, on right. Saturday morning, I got to meet uh, Neil Gaiman, which was pretty awesome. He was a super nice guy. He did a reading of his new children's book that he just came out with. Got him to sign a copy of Coraline. So that was a lot of fun. You wrote Coraline. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, he wrote Coraline. That is kinda of surprising actually. He wrote Coraline and helped put together the movie of Coraline. It was a book first that he wrote. Uh I like Neil Gaiman. Good yeah. author. But some of his books <laughs> I lo- are I really like stuff. <laughs> no no, his
2: his some of his books are a little off key. Off not cue. Off key. Like they're weird. Off colour? They're,
0: they're supposed to... off colour. Off colour, and yes, they're there supposed go. to be. That's kind of what he's going for.
2: Though Good Omens, which I know he only co wrote, was Bar none, one of the funniest religious books I've ever read.
0: Uh, supposedly, um, American Gods is supposed to be very good.
2: I love that one, too. I haven't read That's that. the second funniest religious book I've read.
0: American <laughs> Gods wasn't that religious, was
2: it? It's about gods. That's all it's about. It's about gods. Well, I, okay, with God. a capital G. Well, I, okay.
3: But only because... No, like... I
0: equate religion with god, not mythol like I Like that's
3: that is already in mythology. Mythology.
2: Well okay, they're or fantasy. They're still gods.
0: Then again, all mythology is I don't know any
3: Roman pagans still roaming about. Wiccans? Not the same. That's 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 druids. No, it's actually not. It came from Celtic. Not really. Wiccan came from Celtic. Some Wiccans. I mean that's the origin in that whole theology. No. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm it calling is. you. Yeah, no, yeah, this one
2: is it, not true. Yeah, it, it draws is. from a huge variety of religions.
3: Answer pending.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I checked out after you actually started having a serious conversation about religion and stuff.
3: We should have, like, tangential podcasts. Seriously. We should just take, like, one little, one little piece of piece. So has anybody got anything? On. Does anybody have anything to that, add uh, that's actually music-related? We're not there yet. Don't, no. don't jump the gun. Jeez. <laughs>
0: God damn it. <laughs> that's actually a really good uh, album by Vampire Weekend. Jump the gun. Oh, there you go. He just segued. You're welcome. <laughs> Music. Yeah, uh, that's what we're here for. I took s- talent because
3: no segue was coming. So Good thing you jumped on that. On <laughs> sun- forthcoming.
0: On Sunday, I also went to Oki at the Way Station in Brooklyn, uh, which uh, Joe Roode hosts with Kings of, the Car- Kings of Karaoke. He's a future guest coming on in a couple of weeks. That was always a lot of fun. It's always a nice experience there. You know, the crowd's very warm. It's a kind of a, no, a judge-free zone, karaoke zone, which is good because I can't sing to save my life. Yeah. That is obviously true. But at least I have the balls to get up there and do it. I don't like being in front of people. Neither do I. You're my in front of the mic right now. It's figuratively. Yeah, but there's no eyes. The people are... I don't know. That little
3: green light is kind of like an eye. It's kind of freaking me out. Alright, I have to leave now. I, I just want to call that to everyone's attention. <laughs> Everyone will focus on the So, Steve, what I, did you do this weekend? I did the same thing as Matt. Nerdiochi. I met Neil Gaiman. I did not meet Neil Gaiman. Well, I had half of his weekend. Were you on TV? You had none of this weekend, okay? Were you on TV?
2: No. And you didn't meet Neil Gaiman? No. So your weekend sucked. Kind of did. Yeah. Except for
0: Nerdiochi. Nurti except Yoki for the drinking. Yeah. I oh. did get on stage, though. He did. Once with me to sing Overkill, and then once on his own to sing... Uh, Eleanor Rigby. Yeah. Ooh, nice choice. No, I'm giving you a props for that one. Sweet. Um, but at that point, Steve was so drunk that, I mean... Oh, you get, you get a few in me. I can go up on stage, yeah, but yeah. I never drink like that. But he there. seemed to enjoy himself up there, regardless of anything else, so that's what to, matters.
3: I have to drive home afterwards. Well, I cannot get Be- the courage to go up there. Uh, well, a lot of Beatles songs are just ingrained in us since, well, childhood years hence, yeah. Pretty much. So, let's move on to the album. Oh, sure. wow. oh, yeah! Oh, we, we do reviews. That's what we do. Uh. Alright, this week, the artist is Andrew Bird, and the album is Break It Yourself. Uh, I only know one work of Andrew Bird, and I enjoyed it. It was called The Mysterious Production of Eggs, and that was a few years back. But he's a pretty popular artist. Uh, as Matt pointed out, he did the themes ad, where anybody... <clears throat> Muppet fans might notice, he did the theme song, um, well, not the theme song, it was the main character, what was the main character's game? Walter, Walter. Walter's
0: performance when he finally got up on stage in the new Muppet movie and debuted his talent, which was the whistling. That's right. That was written and performed by Andrew Bird. So
3: basically that whole character's climax, and that was uh, Andrew yes. Bird's work. It was, and he was a good whistler. He's a very good whistler, and it's actually listed on his Wikipedia page that he whistles, that's in his instruments, Whistling. So.
0: Yeah, by the end of this
3: album, I'd had enough whistling for one day. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Even if you're a good whistler, it's that doesn't relevant. mean that every song calls for whistling. So... I like to whistle. Yeah, but... Fun fact, I did you're not learn how not to... You're not good. I did not learn how to whistle until I reached after high school. It is impressive. So most people, they don't learn by then, they quit. Or they just accept it. So,
0: props for that. Thank you. You, Thank you. you try. You persist. See, John has this ability to be so stubborn... But he's no choice but to figure out what he's doing. Yes,
2: I wanted to learn how to whistle, so I learned how to whistle. There you go. I got skills. Anyway, desperation breads? breeds. 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 I spelled it wrong. <laughs> wow, it's desperation
3: breeds. <laughs> That's desperation why desperation breeds by that artist who did that album.
0: Desperation breeds. Dot. Dot. Dot.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But this is the uh, first track of the album. Uh, I mean, from the get-go, you kind of can really tell he's really great with a variety of instruments and has a great instrumentation in the opening track, which will be a theme that comes and goes, but is fairly there, the whole album.
3: Well, like our artist last week, um, even though he did not, he was not self-named as far as the artist was concerned, uh, what was the name, Tommy Walter... Something like that. I don't remember. It's not written down anymore. Of course. It's Abandoned Pools. As far as everyone else is concerned, it's Abandoned Pools, but it's one guy. He's a multi-instrumentalist. This is basically the same exact deal. He just uses his name. Andrew Bird is a multi-instrumentalist. His main instrument is violin. It's clear he's very, very talented in that department. Uh, I personally think he's a great composer, and I'm just going to put it on the line here. If I were rating songs, this song would be a five-star song for me. I'm dead serious about that.
2: This is I not a 5-star song for song. me.
3: This is not I did not love this song. I found it to be At least we're disagreeing at last.
2: Interesting having a unusual intro. Uh it, it did build up and it was good, but I felt a divorce feeling between the sections of this song. But the best way I could describe it all three were haunting. That's a great way I can put it.
3: It it had a very Melancholy feel. It was extremely melancholy, and that's part of what I loved about it. As far as the divorced nature that you're talking about, I just, I just don't see it. That's what I felt was. It was a new movement. I accepted it. It was married to the previous in tone, if not in in precise theme. And it just moved along. It pushed itself from one level to the next. I felt very moved during this track. I felt po- kind of ashamed. I felt that it didn't like the persist. track was pointless that's that's what I was really feeling and we're it, starting this out on the biggest disagreement of the felt, entire album here it
2: felt plotting, it felt ambling like I wanted
3: a point there was no real point to the song I don't know what song you heard seriously the way he he moved he first of all he's excellent with layering
2: can we all at least agree okay. on that? Yeah, we'll say I, I will say this before I get into any more negative critiques about this album as a whole. Incredible instrumentation, incredible layering, um, and very unusual choices for layering. He's, he's got a creative
3: streak here. He does have a creative streak, but in this in this first track, I don't see the the vapid nature that you see. Honestly, this this I thought was one of the most moving tracks on the entire album. You seem to think that it came later. You noted some places later in the album where oh, you thought that it took off emotionally, and I, I, just don't. It was all downhill from here, which is probably my biggest critique. Is I think he really lays it on thick with desperation breeds. That's the way I view this album. Is that it's there a little bit downhill, unfortunately.
0: I felt that the the album, the entire album as a whole, was very listless and kind of devoid of a strong emotional That's message. Spoilers. You a whole album?
1: <laughs>
2: anyway,
0: and this first track was the only one that was counter to that. I did get a little bit from, from th- that kind of desperation from this track. You know, it had the great instrumentation, and the violin was very standout amongst all the instruments that I had heard. It was the one that I would noticed and latched onto the most. The lyrics were forgettable. I don't even remember the lyrics. Well, the album is kind of a patchwork,
3: to be honest. Because it really does throw me back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. To some extent, I felt like it was going all the way downhill because nothing hit me like this first track. But there are other moments here, sporadic moments, where I just questioned why he would make certain choices. And one of those
0: moments comes right after the first track. The second right. track, I don't know what it was. The first I have track, no idea. The first track was over five minutes. The second track was 45 seconds, yeah. and it was one of those things where it was kind of quaint, and I would have liked more, but for 45 seconds it wasn't worth it. He shouldn't have even put it, was it was on it inter- at all. It was an interlude that had no place being there. We didn't get into the album to have That's an the thing, interlude. And
3: if we're going to have an interlude, it really should be you know much deeper in, more like track five, track six. But this is the very, very second track, and it's already treated as if... And this might have actually se- separated me psychologically um, between the first track and the later tracks... Is because the interlude comes in so early, it's almost as if the first track stands
0: alone, and then from there, it's just that and the rest. Well, to be, to think divided though, by is that there's there a realm two. of possibility that that was intentional? That he put that interlude because he knows the rest of the record was completely different?
3: Um, now I'm not gonna say completely different. I just mean it doesn't have the same epic quality that I felt the first track did.
0: But, well, that's what I'm saying, though. Okay, not completely different. Wrong choice of words. But he knew that there would be a difference from tone from the first track and the rest of it, so he I put that in I think maybe he
3: knew that the that, that the rest of the album would not hold up in the same epic nature as the first. If, the, if there was going to be one song that defines this album, I would use the first track. So he kind of really lays it on thick. that He puts it all up front, puts his heart in a platter. And then after that, it's it's... It's it's hard to take the rest as seriously as you're taking the first.
2: And it's still and going. That might have been
3: why. It's it's still going downhill. Track three. Well, I can't say that a hundred percent yet. But as far as track three was concerned, I know what you're going to say, and I think I agree with the the most glaring thing here with uh, Nancy Caribe. Is that what is that it? Carabay?
2: Caribe. Caribe. Caribe.
0: So- something like that. It's. I'm not going to spell it, but it, it it's essentially, it was. This track was a nice kind of folk track with a pleasant transition into this kind of jig kind of sound. which wasn't a j- It was like an Irish or Celtic jig. Which I liked, but it wasn't anything standout to me. It was just kind of like, oh, well, this that's is... that's the
3: thing. That's been done to death in many ways. I still felt like it was good, though. It had some no, it flair wasn't to it. Ba- it wasn't yes, bad, yeah. but
0: it wasn't, it wasn't enthralling either. It, it was, was kind of like,
2: yeah, this is all right. rambling. Well, if there it was, was one was moment where it I... Was, it showed a weakness of staying on topic. He could not keep himself in one song. Um, I just I just couldn't feel uniform about it. No, Even that's it...
3: where I disagree with you, and that's why this is going to be a very, very complex review, because I did not feel like... <sighs> Rambling... A jig is supposed to move into series of improvisations. I'm not disputing that part. I'm talking about
2: having almost two separate songs. They were connected, but there were such a different tempo... And honestly, the first half could have been elongated into a full-fledged song um, without the actual jig at the end of it.
3: It, it would have worked a lot better. Uh, I'm not so sure about that because I wasn't enjoying the first part as much. The first part was soothing, it was kind of nice and sweet, but honestly, the pick-me-up was well-welcomed as far as I was concerned. I wanted that because I was getting a little bored, to be honest. The jig was like, all right, hey, I'm out. Then I'm make having it fun. Then make it just a jig. Uh, that's probably would have been the better choice. Yes, yes, I'd agree with I that. I agree. If that was the big flaw, I think that's it.
2: And that's what that's what I'm saying. He couldn't stay on topic with the song. He couldn't stick to one sound, or even one type of song.
3: Well, it's a rare occurrence for him because, as far as I, this is where we disagreed on other you. You originally made the claim that there are many songs on this album that are just completely divorced from one section of the song to the next, and I don't see that. I, I see it here. Even here, it's not divorced, it's just a pick-me-up. That's not, that's not necessarily changing the song. It's almost like it needed that. I still would have preferred the full tri- jig, but, you know, it's not the extreme. It's not two songs. That's my point.
2: I'll concede that they're not completely separate from one another, but they—they, they, I think they would have worked better one way or the other. Not, not blended not the best. Yes. I agree that.
0: All right. Um, um, and Okay. Give it away. This it, this was the downhill turn for me big time. Give it away was straightforward and boring. There was still some of that instrumentation that we'd heard in the other songs, but at this point you're like, all right, we get it. You're good with instruments. Move on. Give us something else. Uh, that's a good way to put it, actually. Um and I this... felt that it had
3: a very, very good exposition. I liked the idea that he put forth in the beginning, and I wanted more of that. Mm-hmm. But then, he kind of... It's not as if he changed the song, but the rhythm in the song that becomes the running theme that holds it all together became a little bit hypnotic, and I wasn't really having that so much. Yeah. I mean, it it was a good rhythm. It was a great rhythm, but it, it should have... that. This is where I felt like he didn't change it up enough. Yeah. It was more of the same. It just... On and on and on when, and on with the
0: same rhythm. When someone like this is so experienced with so many instruments and can still find a way to bore you, that's unfortunate. Like we we agreed that we overall we really liked the Abandoned Pools record. But there were moments that felt kinda of standard rock track, but they still had unique elements that still made it worthwhile to listen to and kept us engaged, even though we knew it was very standard for construction. But we, were, we still were engaged. Whereas in this, with this song, I wasn't engaged at all. I was just like... It's not standard, though. Well, I'm going to tell you that's straight, straight up. On the whole, I agree with you. I was
3: not engaged with this track. But to play devil's advocate, I think that there is a market out there for this kind of slow-tempoed... Uh, I think people... You honestly said that um, you could probably fall asleep to this album because that's the tone that he has. And I think that's what he's going for. He has a very soothing, like... like Middle of nowhere, middle of the country, just singing to himself, kind of attitude about it, and yeah. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed that, even if I'm not as actively involved in the moment-to-moment nature but of it.
2: For me, this this album as a whole, especially these earlier songs, really left no impression on me. I can't
3: recall much without talking directly about it. These middle tracks, yes, but this is Im- not the this first. This is still track. early. Um.
0: On a 14- no because
3: it picks up to me All right, these early middle tracks yes yeah. As with the exception of track one, these early middle tracks I was not entirely involved in for some reason. I just couldn't give it my, uh, my green light.
0: I didn't really get much attention on it until we got to track five but only because I comparatively realized it sounded like something else that I liked better. Um, right, but to put in perspective, that's two dead tracks because I am not even counting
3: track two. It's track two is so short and so fleeting yeah. that I didn't know what to make of it. It's an interlude, and then I'm treating it as such. So we have two fairly dead tracks, and then we have the what I'd call it the closest thing to a cut title track, even though it's called uh, Eye on Eye. Eye on Eye. Um, the chorus states the album title, mm-hmm. and that obviously, and I also have heard this. I think I believe it's the single.
0: Okay. So yeah for me it was very much reminded me of Roy orbison it had that kind of uh that kind of old school kind of rock vibe um you know it was it wasn't it wasn't a bad track I liked it but it still felt kind of empty I still really didn't connect with it
3: in that comparison to Roy orbison even though it was like Initially, I objected. I started to see it more and more and more as it went on. It was
0: just in style and the way he sang and the yeah. way he played in that song specifically. As an artist, I don't think he's like Roy Everson, but in this song, there was definitely hints of it. I'd also supplement that with um, comparisons
3: to like the folk uh, variety, like you know the variety, variety television shows of like mm-hmm. the 1950s and 60s. They bring a lot of folk people on there, yeah. particularly the late 60s end of it, like mamas and the papas kind of thing, and that comes through in his whistling as well. There's a lot of that character in this song. But the chorus itself was pretty modern. And the chorus itself, I thought, was the strongest part of the song. And I actually was a little bit emotionally invested here. I'm not going to say much, but a little. I I heard
2: a lot of different classic rock songs in here. To the point where it was actually starting to wear on me. Uh, It was almost like he was sampling some... Songs that I uh, just on the tip of my tongue, and it was starting to—I hate to use this word because it really doesn't describe it quite accurately—but sectionally, it was starting to sound generic. Sectionally, describe. What do you mean by sectionally? A B C D. A sounded like this song, B sounded like that song, C sounded like this song back and forth. There was a little bit like I feel like okay, I
3: Okay, I see that, but I can't take that seriously on this song because this song was a very very standard track. I would not describe it in terms of A, B, C section at well, all. It no, was the no, no. I mean... chorus. Can't get uh, any simpler than that. No,
2: I'm, t- I'm saying the verse chorus, like, I felt like there was two, maybe
3: three different songs being used as the basis foundation and of we this. We talked about this earlier, and I, I wasn't simply don't it. agree. I wasn't this s- track, for all that it wasn't the most phenomenal track in the world, I think it was cohesive. And I, oh, think it I had will a point- say it was cohesive. I'm not saying it's it's it doesn't work.
2: I'm saying it was wearing on me because it just seemed too familiar. And up until this point, he actually had developed something that, while it wasn't quite my taste, it was different. It was starting to get a little more unique, but I just wasn't in, enjoying it. This is the reverse. I enjoyed it more, but it was just. I will agree. This is one me, of his it, less it, feel, unique
0: tracks. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel
2: like I heard parts I can, of this. I wait can too agree many times. that it's
3: his less unique track. Yes, because first of all, it's the single. It sounds like a typical two thousands alternative signals single. Yeah. Because it's it's not. I mean, I can't put. First of all, how would anybody characterize the genre of his work? We can't. Indie folk. Um, completely disagree with indie. Folk is not even for questioning. It's obviously folk. Yeah. Uh, alt folk. You're just going to be shouting names, aren't you? Pop folk. Alt folk is actually pretty good, though. Yeah, alt folk is actually kind of Alt folk probably hits Ugh. it on the nail on the head. Death folk. Get out of here. <laughs> just get off the podcast right now.
2: Um, <clears throat> I think we've said about okay. all we can say about that. Because I, I'm not going to... But we're in agreement on this. More
3: standardized, I did enjoy it more. Like it was less original than his other stuff.
2: Okay.
3: Which is a terrible thing to say. A little bit less artistic license here actually worked in his favor, considering the last two songs. Um,
0: And then then we get to track six, Lazy Projector. So, was this the one that I thought the intro was very Beatles-esque, like the way it started? It was very creepy Beatles. Yeah. In the best way. I enjoyed yeah. this song.
2: I, I mean, you said
3: it. that, but it, uh, it quickly lost itself in me. Oh because yeah, oh, the, the you big, lost the creep the, quick. Yeah, well, pff, not the creep, but I just completely the Beatles thing was. No, it was only
0: the, the intro. The very beginning is where I heard that. Once they started, once they started singing, and it picked up, I, I could tell. Yeah, it for, was p- perhaps the intro.
3: But then once it, well, I can't really say it picked yeah. up. Well, once it because t- this was a pretty slow song. Once the meat of the song happened. Yes, the there
0: you go. Yeah, and perfect. this
2: is the this is the first time I'm actually listening to the lyrics. The lyrics on this song weren't bad. Um, In fact, I love the line, um, It's all in the hands of a lazy projector, that forgetting, embellishing, lying machine. I mean, he's starting to get some imagery involved. He's starting to get some actual words instead of tones of his voice.
3: And also that speaks to, if I was going to cite an album arc here, if I was going to observe it, I think I would describe it as some type of dream. Some fantastical sleepy dreamlike state and that's you what I hear. dream yes. I didn't say dream didn't you I said machine oh I'm sorry my bad all right <laughs> you're, you're right but I, yeah. not yet well I'm right about the album but, but uh, I guess if it's not, in the, lyrics, it's not in the lyrics it is it is somewhat in there
2: um I will attest to that there is a very dream quality in a lot of these songs very yeah. slow easygoing and particularly this one I calm mean, that's the well, that's what's coming across
0: here. Calming effects. My biggest yes. problem with this record at this point is we're almost halfway through and I'm not really connected to it. And it's not it wasn't a taste thing, because there are things here that I did like. There was just something about it that I just couldn't
3: get. I'm going to make a little accusation, and I think that's that track two <clears throat> and three really ruined it for you. That could be because when, Which you are look, actually when you look track at three it and that, and 4 I've been saying this, that it's like constantly downhill, but it's really not. I'm sorry, but around here, track five, I started to give it a little bit more credit. I was disappointed it was track two and three, because it was moving me farther and farther away from track one. You keep saying two and three, and you mean three and four, and you keep saying five, and you mean six. Actually, yes. You were right. <laughs> All of those accounts, I am <laughs> dyslexic. <laughs> no, you're skipping pollination because that's is... right. I'm looking... it. Wasn't a song. That's it's... that's exactly it. I'm not counting pollination, but I'm looking at the paper here. <laughs> but uh, as far as as far as Lazy Projector is concerned, it's a slow core song, which really, really was different. I think than. He only reprised this once. At one point later in the album, I think it was like track 12, where he brought Slowcore back. Mm. It reminded me of Low. It reminded me almost a little of... Oh, this is all, I'm going to go off on a limb here, but almost Swans. And I, that's pretty extreme. Okay, and I, I enjoyed made. this song, and I
2: know which song you're talking about for Slowcore, and I really did not like that one.
3: Fair enough. <laughs> I kind of accepted it, though, because it was a sleepy... It was honest about itself here. Track two and the track three and four. Correcting myself this time, those two tracks were not intended to be sleepy tracks. I think, but that's what it came off as. This is intended. I can see the artist's goal.
0: No, yeah, it definitely he's come more to terms with what he's trying to accomplish. The song this is called Lazy Projector. I yeah. can't even, you know. Okay. But it wasn't
3: a bit boring at times, I'll agree that much.
0: Yeah, well there were moments of that all over this album, in, in sections it's, where it got it's boring. It's sporadic, which is why it's bound to be a very tricky album to review for me. Well,
2: I think here's where the core is getting is, is positive for me. I found the core of this album to be really solid. And the next track, track 7, Near Death Experience Experience. Perpetuated the lyrics I'm liking, lyrics I'm enjoying. Um, it's perpetuating a sound I'm actually getting into,
0: yeah, I had happened to like this track a lot as well i I noted beyond anything else that it had really great lyrics that i I very much enjoyed that kind of drew me in
2: the 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 line and we'll dance like cancer survivors like we're grateful simply to be alive and we'll dance like cancer survivors like your prognosis was that you should have died i mean it's that it's getting really, emotional yeah really, and the music is actually. Not 100%, but matching up to these emotional lyrics. And it's
3: so ironic because now at the moment where you start citing emotion, this is where I start to move away from the thing that I've been defending the entire time is that on the whole, I enjoy his instrumentation. I find him to be a brilliant composer in that regard. But here, I think he was just taking a little bit too much of a license with his his palette of instruments. A little too liberal. He'd throw things here that just didn't belong, they didn't match with the song at all. Don't worry, worry, Steve. You can be wrong. That makes no sense with what I'm talking
2: about. No, not even (laughs) a little bit. Um... Uh,
3: The instruments were a little dumbed
2: down, but I think that actually was a good thing. His complexity of the instruments I'm glazing over because there's just so much happening. And... I'm not invested in what's going on with these high, complicated
3: music. Really? Is that what you're pulling on me? There's too much happening? Because that's pretty shallow. It's not I'm going to put that out. There. Okay, it's not even accurate to say that. It's. There's.
2: Okay, there is a lot happening with his instruments. And I'm focusing on one thing, I'm focusing on another. I'm not enjoying the intricate parts coming together.
3: I mean, if you don't enjoy it, fine, but that's what I look out for. That's what I seek, because in all the other albums we reviewed, I'm much more turned off by repetitious, tried, and tired. These are the things that, I, that really irk me after a while, the long and longer I hear them. So I appreciate this. As far as background easy-listening music, he would still be farther up on my cue, because I enjoy that kind of stuff yeah but i, it's I ironic. It. it's easy listening music even
0: though there's more going on that's that's kind of weird, but but see, even with this this album at this point, like I like near death experience experience, but my problem with this record is not that I'm not enjoying it. not that I don't enjoy what it's trying to offer. It's that I just don't feel like it's put together properly um given the talent that he's displayed, especially in the first track. Nothing still really quite lives up to that first track at this point. That is true. And the, the first
3: track, I loved front to back. I didn't have any issues with it. And I think one of the main reasons I liked it so much is because it built. And the rest of the songs here, they kind of cut out before they reach that high. It's the they st- stay very static. They, they plateau at a certain point. Like, yeah, there's a lot of instruments going on. It's enjoyable and everything. But then you, you don't move on. You don't get anything new because there's already a lot going on. I think it's a case where the artist clearly is talented. That's exactly it, Steve. That is exactly it. Fair enough, and I understand that. I I really do. As far as composition, he's great with layering, although in this track, uh, track 7 here, I think he becomes a little bit layer-happy. Like, he just goes off and and starts putting in everything that he has. And, but yeah, that's um, that's about how I'd sum it up. I think... Compositionally by section,
0: that's where he fails. I think that for the, for me up into this point point it gets to me where I realize he's talented, and he's not executing the talent in the way I would expect for the better of the record. There are moments of it, but on a whole, he's not living up to the potential that's displayed. Before well, you know me. what I think. I think I think he
3: was going for for a concept album here. He was going for a full unified art piece, like track one through track track fourteen. I think that might be. Part of the reason why we're being so harsh in the song-by-song basis here is because if you treat it all together, it works in its whole dreamy state. It's just, in the moment-by-moment nature of it, it can be trying. And jarring. And, yeah, in this particular case, in this song here, very jarring. And actually, the next song as well,
2: another little melody, Thing Behind the Barn, which I actually found to be probably the best... Uh, uh instrumentation of the album. Actually I no, I enjoyed agreed. it. This track I I, I
3: double circled here because it, it, it did reach track one here. And there's a connection in theme. I heard the same exact instrumentation here than I did in track as I did
0: in track one. Sort of it's not. the same
3: exact thing.
0: But it was a minute and then it was over. There was not enough. That's the big problem. And I like why would you This is the interlude though. This is the true interlude if oh, yeah. you
3: don't count pollination. Yeah. That really demeans the uh the impact of pollination because this is where you achieve the interlude it just should have been longer
0: yes it should have he been should have done more with it
3: that he should have treated this song as if it was a song no no as as if it was like the, An the intermission score for like a full length 1950s epic movie like a 3 hour film like ben hur remember ben hur i mentioned that last week ben hur yeah. i'm gonna stab you in the throat <laughs> but seriously you got to admit when that intermission occurred Everyone, so many people bought that soundtrack to that movie because, like, the intermission highlights it. All of a sudden, you're not looking at the action. You are just focusing on the music. And that takes on the character of the film
0: as a whole. And that's
3: kind of what this track should have done. But it's just it way ended. too
0: short. Yeah, it was just—it was there and it was gone. And as I got into it and started to get interested, it ended, and it was kind of disappointing.
3: Like if I wasn't watching the bar, go go across the screen, because uh, surprise, surprise, we listen to these things on computers most people do these days. Uh, if I was, if I didn't see that, I would have been really, really disappointed. Like the disappointment would have annoyed me yeah. if I didn't see that. Because bar. we wouldn't I didn't, have seen it coming. Yeah, because it's like, well, uh,
0: that's it. <laughs> it's problematic but let's move on to track nine. So I really have like nothing about this track. Lusitania, I barely remember. I don't remember. I mean, I clearly didn't enjoy it. You realize this is the one with the female vocalist. Was it? Yes. Yes. I thought that was the next one. No. Annie Annie
3: Clark who happens to be one of another one of my favorite artists.
0: Oh, yeah, you no, know, now I do remember. Yeah, I still stand by that because the only part I was interested in was well, the female, female vocalist. vocalist.
2: That's how That's much it. of an impression this left on us. That is the only thing I could really recall from this
0: track. It's funny because uh, it was, I expected it, that it was going was, to blend better than it did. She had yeah. beautiful words. When they harmonized together, they sounded great, but when they were singing the same lines at the same time, it sounded awful. Okay, that's a good way to put it. I will agree with that that assessment.
3: Because um I'm not here to I'm not I'm not critiquing his vocal talent. I still think no, that I he's know. a very, very good singer. No, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just in this And they song. harmonize really, really well. But
0: in this song compared together, it was night and day as far as It's what... not
3: against his, his the tone of his voice, it's against the tone it, it's it's a stark contrast to the tone of the entire album. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes you focus a lot more on her
0: than on the rest. Which is kind of the point, I imagine. That's why they bring in female vocalists. But it just, it, like I said, when they were harmonizing and singing together but not over each other, I liked it. But when they sang the same verse together, word for word, it, was, it just took me out it of it. It kind
3: of highlights the fact that his, his voice embodies the slow natured tone of this album. I think I'm going to leave it at that. There was another thing we have to talk about. That's ah, the whistling. Oh, and yeah. this was some of the we worst did start, of it. start to mention that. And yes, this, this track really did highlight... Don't get me wrong. He's a fantastic whistler. That's why he's mentioned in Wikipedia for that reason.
1: But he
2: uses it as filler. It has no substance to the actual when, song. When it used, should be
0: used sparingly. When he's using the whistling to complement an instrument or to be an instrument itself, it's fantastic in this record and there are some moments but in this song he's using it because he couldn't be bothered to write lyrics and, oh, and I think that, I think that should be no well, not, it's
2: it's more like he feels there should be vocals filler. over these It's
0: what well, I mean is this filler I think there it should be lyrics there shouldn't be this whistling because this whistling was literally just whistling along because he couldn't come up with words or he didn't want to come up with words either or I mean I I think that just it
3: In his head, in his idea of the lazy Sunday, slow river strolling universe that he's created here, his whistling seems to work. In his head, it seems to work. But I I feel like I I have to be in that atmosphere. And if I'm not in that atmosphere, then I I can't take it as seriously. Then it just becomes
0: jarring again. I mean, again, the whistling, like anything else, It's, it's one of those things where it's like when singers sing la la la, or da da da, instead of, but along with the song, instead or, of writing or, lyrics. Or, to even take it a step further,
3: woohoo. Right. Which is over, you know, fun uses that, and everybody loved it, but the thing is, it's being used a lot lately. Mm-hmm. It's being used way, way too much, because it, it feels like it's trying, it's laying it on thick, it's trying to do something to you f- with a forceful hand. Yeah. It's trying to, it's, it says it's supposed to move you. Right? That's, that's the character of Whistling. It's like, oh, well, that, that comes straight from the heart, right? Whistling yeah. is, so, is, so, uh, is so serene and, and graceful, but he's laying it on so thick, because he uses it on every single song, and even after the, the melodies just tend to run together there. The melodies all of that
0: whistle, they run together. Now, I'll admit, the fact that he uses Whistling so much is unique, and not a lot of artists do that, and that's great, but I just think that, that he could have done more with it than he bothered to do in sections of this record sections of it were just filler and obviously filler and that was the problem I yeah. had is when he used it as filler you know because I, then it just makes everybody turn it's like oh god that whistled again like te- you mentioned the woohoo take for example Blur their biggest song Song 2 when, when they say a woohoo it's in a break in the song it's, yeah, it's you like, know the guitars are going and then silence woohoo and then the song
2: kicks in it's to accent what's coming that wasn't that wasn't Song 2 woohoo that was, that was DuckTales woohoo uh-huh. you, did, you did it wrong there's multiple woohoo's <laughs> I'm glad I brought up the whistling. Uh, oh, next a track. track. All right, this one actually had positive whistling. Or fellow looks back.
3: This was a nice little jaunty track. I yeah, thoroughly I enjoyed. It. Enjoy this was. This was a, a really. I mean. Like, again, I don't know if anything's going to quite achieve track. One in my head, but this track pulled something different. Uh, it, was it was very different. Yeah. It yeah. had an Eastern style to it, and I was really, really loving that. It had a couple of elements I found missing in the rest of the album, and yeah. that was a better flow through the song. It had some curious choices at it, times. I felt it, like was, the... it did get a little sporadic, but on the whole, because the, the nature of the song is, as you said, jaunty, then the sporadic kind of worked. Here. And it it evolved as opposed to jumped. Yes,
2: yes, it evolved. It had a really, really great pick me up,
3: like toward the end. I, and that's, it that's that... what I felt a
2: lot of. Hang on, that's what I felt. A lot of the other songs had was, was they jumped into another section, or they jumped into a different variants on the instrumentation. This one bled through. And if it, it just made it come more
3: as a, a cohesive whole. Well, it's funny that I'm agreeing with you here in this particular track, but I still don't, and as far as the rest, because I have the opposite issue with the rest. I don't think they jumped at all. I felt that they plateaued. They just became static in most of the other tracks. I don't really see the jumping nature in the other tracks here. But uh, we at least agree this one worked.
0: Yes, and it was the example of... It was fun, too. Really fun. It was was an example of the whistling used properly. He used it to complement the other instruments he used in his instrumentation of the song. Yes, it was doubling the violin melody, and that's what worked so well, because it's not something you
3: frequently hear. I mean, those two instruments, and I'm using whistling as an instrument here, they are pretty much when combined. I, I don't hear that. Rarely. And Anyone want to start with the next?
2: No, I want to talk about this a little bit more. Okay. I liked the way he was replacing instruments throughout the song as well. Uh, from acoustic to electric, this from is where his tuned, layering tuned here to talent. tuned there, yeah. violin would jump in, and it would just, it wouldn't be, the notes would perfectly flow. That's that's the big thing that I really liked about it. It's instantaneously one instrument would take over for the next.
3: Yes. that I actually do agree with that. Um... Yeah, on the whole for some reason everything that we already know he likes all the little tendencies that he, you know, goes toward, it just blended together on this track. I mean, yeah. I don't want to say he got lucky because as far as the rest of his tracks are concerned, there are a lot of cases where he just he he's going for something, he's utilizing his talents thinking that it's going to work and it just doesn't end up.
2: But across, but Next track worked. So next, the next track to,
0: did too. M- moving on to the next track, Sifters. This song was so sweet and pretty it'd give you a cavity. It this was. This was.
2: This was. I put it. Steve said I put it best.
0: Sweetly depressing. Yeah, it was one of those songs yeah. that was slow but sweet and pretty, and the lyrics. The lyrics were very good because he's even talking
2: to an elderly person
0: yeah. about to die. I mean, it, that's pretty much what it sounds like. This was honestly my.
3: I want to say that this was. My second favorite track of the entire mm. And I
2: got the emotions, I oh, got the lyrics, this I was, got the
0: music, I had everything. The yeah. lyrics weren't complicated, but they were emotive, they brought you in, and they were visceral. Very like visceral. Really I was having such a something. visceral reaction to oh, yeah. this entire track. And my favorite line, would you tell me all
2: the secrets you need to keep? Yeah. I just, I just love the imagery he's using in this. It was gorgeous. Can you mean,
0: picture a grandson by grandma's bedside... Talking to her in her last moments, like, it's really the sense you get from this. Or
3: holding your elderly father's hand. Or something like that, you know. Like, and, uh, let, let's also talk composition here. When he, he he moved this song through a variety of movements, mm-hmm. and whenever the quintessential, the, the, I'd say the, the instrument that defines this track was probably the acoustic, the soft acoustic guitar that would just play in a consistent manner but he would drop it back after a build up it would come to a to a climax and then he would just s- sneak that back in under you that that was the only thing playing and it it brought out such visions
2: i actually would say that that's not the instrument that did it it was did like a... no
3: it was like i think it i think well, the, the
2: most the most the, the best part of this instrumentation was the sheer lack of drums Actually, yes, I do agree with that. It was there was no beat. It but was a pure flow. But you
3: agree that's what allowed the emphasis to be placed on the guitar instead. Yes, yeah. but if, yes. if honestly, drums would have killed it. This no, drums definitely would. have This song never ever should have had drums. It definitely shouldn't. It and that's something that's something worth mentioning. Yeah, it's it, it, it it's didn't have a, a uniform beat to it. It the the guitar work just played. Well, this is the point that I thought of when you mentioned that, and that's that. I think drums really are the most consistent factor that you will come across in almost any variety of, of modern rock music or, or variation of it. Drums are the thing that will always be the same. Granted, you can play drums in a variety of styles, but the actual timbre of the drums. That's and we all constant. know what timbre means. Yes, because I've we've, said it many times, so I'm before. not saying it again. But it. That's the one constant. Vocal quality will always be different. Uh, guitar quality, there's a number of effects you can use. There's a thousand ways to state a guitar theme. Even a the bass you can modify. Drums are always constant. So all of a sudden, when you take that out, it's going to shock you. And it, this was the perfect place to do it because um, it, it broke the flow of the album yeah. which um, in, the, actually, in the positive way. It, yeah.
2: it, it, and it and married to the jaunty tone of the previous track yeah beautifully oh, it that actually that did these that was two tracks probably the best put together back to back. yes absolutely, because they my uh keep using the same words they bled, they flowed they they went right into one another, yeah, they were more like movements of a single track as opposed to separate
3: songs. It was that kind of uh instrumentation that just was throughout the pair. I wouldn't go as far as movements, I do think it was separate song, I mean it's obviously separate songs, but it yes is as far as um
2: Well, I don't have your learning and don't know what words I want to
0: use. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get to move on to Fatal Shore.
2: Boring. Yep, that's
0: all I wrote too. Like, this song was just. Oh, it was slow (laughs) core. This
2: was the slow core song (laughs) that (laughs) that I thought stank. I made that joke. It was so. Like, at least it was not
3: executed as much. As well as the previous... And I didn't even love the previous slowcore track that I mentioned. Uh, lazy lazy Projector. I didn't love that. But as I liked it, it. was There was it enjoyment was f- in no, it. It, it. I was it, good it friends a... with it. <laughs> I thought it was okay.
0: That's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah, were we were close friends. friends. It's lazy projector. But Fatal Shore is that annoying person that won't shut up and no one wants to tell them they're boring. So but they you got to invite them because he lives next door and it's like, dude... Oh.
2: He picks his nose, and he likes to look at little girls' skirts. And like, well, that's kind of creepy for a 22-year-old. No, you're,
3: you're giving him way too much depth, because there is not that much depth to <laughs>
0: He's fair. Fair point. Yeah, um, this song was... Well, stop character building. This, this song didn't... I mean... It went nowhere. Yeah, this didn't need it to even be on the record. It didn't even like, plateau.
2: It started at ground level and did nothing. Yeah. It crawled
0: straight through from beginning to end. Yeah. That, I mean that's really it. There's really not. I don't much mean to, to be too it.
3: harsh about this track, but it didn't contribute after the two previous tracks, which nope. were otherwise phenomenal. And, it was and so
0: polarizing. Bied compared. For my
3: favorite, with the first, it was
0: so polarizing compared to uh, Sifters as well, because Sifters was just so beautiful and so thoughtful. And then, I mean, you could almost say, as far
3: as album flow is concerned, he definitely is on the on the decline now. Yeah. Like not not, and I don't mean. I actually don't mean that in the uh, negative sense. I just mean he's... Not like that. The dream is ending. Yeah. Or it's coming to some kind of sweet, soft close. But there will be no more climax here. No. It's just not going to happen.
0: And that's evident in the next two tracks, too, as we get to them. I mean, Hole in the Ocean Floor... Still had good instrumentation, but at this point, like I said, or I was already in... Well, I was over it. it. Yeah, at this point in the album, you're like, we get it. You're good good with instruments. Well, this is where the marriage uh, continues
3: from the first track as well as uh, the eighth, the interlude track. Mm-hmm. Um, things Behind the Barn. But th- this track kind of brings that back. But he waited. He didn't bring it back until the second half of the song. where well, that was a little bit confusing to yeah. me. The first half stanked. Well, the first third stank. The second third, uh, second third third... No, the first half, he had his sort of sporadic <clears throat> nature about yes. him again. Yeah. Um, and then the song officially began about and it was, halfway it was through. Actually well, not very... quite, half-quarter of the way through. It was beautiful. It was actually very it was. well done. I, I absolutely love the end of the track. I, I wouldn't call it climactic, but that's okay. Great I, vocals. I, I do not question his choice in letting the album Peter out as opposed to you know burning out. Yeah. Um, I don't question that choice. It was just why couldn't that have been the full track? Yeah. Why 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 put in the the sporadic? It had it had everything. It had his layering, his instrumentation.
2: It had his composition. It had his vocals. It did not have his lyrics. This one I have to gripe on. I found the lyrics to be quite shallow. I did not enjoy what he was singing. I enjoyed how he was singing it. I, I was a little defensive. And I was I was glossing
3: over his words just to hear the vocals because I was enjoying it better that way. I was defensive of the lyrics because I I gathered more of a dreamlike fairy tale from those lyrics. I, I, I thought that I it under- was... I completely agree with that. I
2: understand that. I thought it really didn't... I didn't like it.
3: I mean, let's just face
2: it. You it was know, childish. You know that
3: he can write based on the earlier lyrics that you cited. Well,
2: some of the earlier
3: lyrics. I question his ability on some of the other lyrical endeavors. Eh, I think you're being a little harsh in the lyrical end here. I mean, I still think he's a good poet... But,
0: but good poetry doesn't always make good lyrics either. Not always. Try Edgar Allan. Well,
3: Powell. I care? Like I'm a musician. He sang it well. <laughs> yes. No, he sang it
0: yeah, very well. That's true. That's right. That's true. But and then then we get to the final track, which my biggest problem with uh, uh, Bellis was that I mean it was still slow and sleepy, and it was you know it was it was it a was, decent conclusion to the emotion he w- or the the kind of arc he was providing, but. I just the song to me as a song was eh like it was alright but I just well this is the outro yeah it's, it's it, the, it it's the was the outro I don't think it's really meant to be looked into that deeply yeah. it was a good I would
3: have I would have taken more of an issue with it excuse me if it, if uh, there were many of these tracks yeah. like you know that's what my issue was with Flying Lotus because that with that's becoming our our poster boy for randomness and an excerpt um, but I don't treat this in the same way right. because it's such a dreamy album and so slow at times that I really, I I didn't see a disconnect here. Oh, no, And I didn't really feel like it needed to go anywhere. It just needed to do what it did and peter out. I know. And I thought the 15 seconds of silence that you were so vehemently against worked with that. I think that was the last straw. That was the last, that really was, the straw that broke it for you. I
0: think at that point, I just didn't, like, I got why he did it and it makes sense for the album, but I didn't care. Like, I could, I just didn't want to listen to this track anymore. He was over it. I was was over it at Hmm. this point. Fair enough. I, I mean, just had enough he for the has album.
2: Pretty instruments. Alright. He does. We'll give him that. No, oh, yeah. yeah. He's got a
3: very good voice. I won't say great, but a very good voice. The thing is I have to I have to hand it to that instrumentation because I don't hear stuff like that and if there's something I want to hear in the background, this is it.
0: As so, far as ambient music, I'd say that this is towards the top of that, maybe, but... Yes. I don't but, really listen to ambient music. I prefer to be actively listening at most times. See, I agree, I prefer, I agree with that, but...
2: I I will not... I, it's hard for me to count any ambient music,
3: passive listening music, as high as active music. Um. Yes, I'm inclined to agree with that, too, but I can't discount it. I mean... There's so much else
2: because it was
3: designed. There's did- entire genres based on passive listening. Well, okay, you will say things that, this, that are meant this was, to do this, things to you.
2: This was designed as passive music.
3: Are you yes. gonna? Okay. Yes. Um, then he's writing no, with it, the
2: exception of a couple tracks. With the exception of a couple tracks, and the tracks I don't like, we'll say
3: those are more towards the passive side. Which ones? We gotta be specific on this. Specifically, this is, not, this is simply not an album that I think three, we can four, talk about five. generally. Three, four, five, twelve. Three, four, five, twelve. Yeah, definitely we, more towards the passive we side. We discussed that three and four well, were. Well, that's actually I'm Kind saying, of funny, because well, no, three, four, five, especially five. That was the single. That's I the one, I, one that I think. That's other, the one
2: I was not. I was not on board with. Yeah, but that People one wasn't passive. People will listen passive. to that active. Yeah, that wasn't a passive
0: song. Three and four okay. we agreed were ha- accidental. If it has
3: passive. a there are so many songs here without a chorus, right? right? Some of those might be lean to one. Like, yeah, not that I have to have a course okay. or anything, but I do well, need but to have but a Back climax. to my original point.
2: Well, saying that even... Okay, then even the songs that can be listened to actively are more passively designed. Um, yes. Okay. He is specifically then... Because the goal is well, a dream-like no. state. Okay. That's clearly what he's Then going I'm going to propose that he's specifically writing music you're not supposed to pay attention to. Hmm... No. How can you refute that? Order. He specifically wants you to passively listen to it. Use it during something else. Something you're not, you're not fully paying attention to. it. You cannot speak about this album in those kind of general terms. But I'm saying in general, that's why I cannot... <laughs> no, no. In general, I
3: cannot view something as a passive... But it's, as case, by, as it's passive. case by case. I mean, I'm saying for me, I probably am I'm going to listen to this passively. But I can foresee other people listening to this actively. It's not like I think there's... I don't think it's impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible. But if something lends
2: itself more towards a passive listening, towards a background music, that's it. Track it's 1, background.
3: active track. Track 1, very active. And you know I, I refute that. I, I, and I don't understand how you can refute that. Because then you're discounting a lot of other genres out there. By refuting that. I mean, track 1 had it all. And I don't see what you see that was lacking in it. That was a song with depth. Considerable amount of it.
2: Oh, there's plenty of depth in this album. But it doesn't <laughs> grab you. It well um, no, okay. Doesn't grab me. Enough to make me want to me want to pay attention to it. There's very little here that I want to pay attention to. With all the complexity, I was hearing white noise at times. I mean, that's how bad it felt. And I was, I was going through it, and I was listening to it. and I, just, eh, I could, agree with that part. I could definitely see I would just forget about it. He does and, have and, a white
3: noise nature about some of these tracks. I just cannot, I can't be general about this album. Sometimes he goes for it, sometimes he doesn't. I can't say that he's actually out there to produce passive listening music. Track I mean, one, I very feel, active. I Track, feel less there. And that's... Track ten, extremely active,
2: and you know what? I think that's that's what's going to really. Here's 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 my breakdown, all right, because we're just going to keep going around and around and around. I mean, Steve is just going to keep arguing, Matt's just going to keep shaking his head at us. <laughs> um, there's a lot of skill. There's a lot of creativity here. Uh, there's a definite arc, both in. Musical uh, choices And in theme The theme is calm The theme is Everybody keeps saying sleep I I get more of a calm feel More of a centering yourself As a piece That is a great idea As an album That's hard For me to get into
3: Hmm. That's actually not a bad way to sum it up
2: A passive emotion You just can't grab it you just can't latch onto it. You can't sing along to it. You can't... It doesn't leave the same impression upon you. I mean, there were songs
3: here that left impressions. Yes. Just...
2: But I still can't recall them.
3: Uh, then that's a, a that...
2: fundamental difference between us. And we listened to a few of them ac- over again. And I still can't recall them.
3: And that's what did it for me. That's how I got stuck in my head.
2: Okay, so... With all that said, with all we just said... I'm going to rate this three. I know there's a market out there for it. I know people will enjoy it. I don't think a lot of people will enjoy it as an active endeavor. Um, There's a lot of skill, and people should be looking to do skill like this. It's just not nearly enough to, to, to follow up on through. If you want to get people to actually make an emotional connection, there has to be... A stronger emotion portrayed. Right. And that's my biggest problem here. I, I feel like he, he's he got something to say. He's just not trying hard to say it.
3: Um. Okay. I'll take that. I'll disagree with half of it. Okay. Because there are some things you stated absolutely correctly. I do believe that many parts of this album were boorish. I think that some parts would just—they're they're, going to put you to sleep even though even though he intends it. That's not always a great thing. And there's excellent layering and all this complication, but— That's the thing, though. I can't—I I just cannot—I dis- dis- can't impugn that kind of talent. I mean, I appreciate so much what he's trying to do, and a lot of it does work. It worked really, really well. It's just this album is a track-by-track kind of thing. Track 1 works. Track 2, I don't know what that was. Track 3, good. Track 4, good. Track 5 good but different. Track 6 uh I don't even know where to begin with track 6. There's just something they just it is not I cannot rate this 100% as one thing. I'm I'm going to well, have to obviously. Well, that detracts that's tracks from arc and theme. No, not necessarily. I'm actually talking about uh Impact.
0: Okay. Impact. But the thing is, if by by the way we talk about albums, if you're saying that that you you can't even describe it as a whole because you have to rate it on track by track, that should hurt the score because we're rating the album, not each track. Here, specifically.
3: But that's just my own listenership. Okay. That's just my own personal, like, listenership. I mean, I'm not copping out on, a, on an album rating here. Obviously, right. you have to treat it as a whole, and I'll get okay. to that. I'm just saying that I, I I don't think you can sum him up as one thing. Okay. Like, the general statements about the artist irk me, such as, you know, oh, he's only writing passive listening music. That's bold. There's some moments here that I, I swear, and I will argue this endlessly, and track one is definitely... I thought that was a five-star track. I can't stress that enough. I mean, his talent, his layering, his instrumentation, all of that come together in moments. And then in other places, it sometimes has the effect of leaving you in a bored state. I will add one more thing. I feel like we've talked about this before. I feel like he's putting too much
2: into it. I think his ego is getting a little bit in the way. Ego not as a, exactly as a bad thing, but... He just he wants to do so much and he does so much and it's just too much. Um, in certain places. In, in places. certain
3: places, yes.
2: And I, sometimes I, he doesn't right write it out.
3: And you know what? I'm going to use that as a segue into another thing that I haven't even mentioned at all here. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that he's a lot better when he's composing than when he's improvising. Not to say that he's a bad improviser, but there are moments there where I don't think songs call for improvisations. I think he treats this as if it's a live performance at times. Like the way he comes in with the whistling, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's a crowd pleaser. But I don't need crowd pleasers in an album that's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be a full fledged art piece, mm-hmm. which I can see that's what he's going for. That's why the um the improvisations kind of throw me off at times. It's not that they're not well done, he's excellent on the violin. Whistling, like I said, is tiresome. It's just as a whole, didn't always need it compose compose more he obviously can do it so I wish he would continue doing it and um that's probably what's gonna affect my rating the most is that alone cause that's what ruins the uh uh the full fledged arc as far as talent is concerned though uh, he's got skill he he's might got have a t- lot of skill he might have too much that might be it I think it's a little bit of ADD come to think of it I think yeah, I think you called it there's a little bit too much. He he wants to go in different directions at different places. It's not that he ruins the arc, but there's just moments where I I, I question his uh his overall goal. I'm gonna go with
0: three seven five. Okay, shy of four. Um, so my biggest problem with this record, and I mean I don't expect to emotionally connect to everything, but like. I got something fairly visceral from the first track, and then the second track was so not important and shouldn't have been there that it threw off the rest of the record. There were moments where he reeled me back in. There were things that I liked, things I even connected with. But, I mean, I didn't really get a strong, visceral, emotional connection again until track 11. Track 11! Ten tracks later! I mean... How do you expect to keep me interested if I'm looking for a connection when you don't come back to me till eleven tracks later? And there were moments where I paid attention, but I didn't get as invested as track one until track eleven. Even though I liked track ten and track six, I still didn't get as enthralled as I did with with uh, sifters. Um, I agree with Steve. There's no disputing his talent. You know, it's there. It's it's obviously there. Um, and I do agree that, yes, on a track-by-track basis, there are songs here that hold up very strongly. But, you know, rating it as an as an album, I just... I mean, we, we've we also talked about so many albums that just work so well together recently. Like Robbie Williams had that satire that most of the album through fit perfectly. You know, Paper Chase is still going to be our standard for a cohesive album as a solid piece. And I guess we're, I'm a little spoiled from that. But from this, I just... As an album? I I don't get it. I I just don't. I don't get it at all. Um, I, I like the songs and I've said it before. There are some songs here that if I wanted to make a mix CD to fall asleep to, there'd be a good amount of tracks on this record that I would put on there because they make me feel relaxed and comfortable. Honestly, before we reviewed the record, I was not very happy and kind of agitated. And this record did relax me, which is possibly or probably what he was going for so in that sense he did achieve a goal he set out to do as a composer but i agree with steve also composition fantastic lyrics they're all right they they're here to miss but there were just there was stuff that didn't need to be here and there and and as far as songy songs because i don't really how us to describe them there wasn't much here you know stuff that got me interested got me singing along you know, as a composer, I agree. Honestly, I'd be more interested to hear a completely instrumental album from him. Actually, yeah. I think, that, I think that would be leaps and bounds better than this. If, if he focused on just instrumental composition, I probably would like that more. I would have probably given it a more favorable review as well. I don't, I don't want to put down his voice, though, because he still has a beautiful voice. Voice is great. I like, his, I like his singing style, but I don't really like what he's singing. Most of the time well, I
3: do agree that his voice sometimes settles him into uh into more uh, I don't want to say pop, but more of that verse chorus structure. I want movements from this guy, yeah that's what I'd prefer to see. The problem here is that you're in a little bit thin ice because then if you go in that direction, then you might end up with the with the sporadic disconnect that John seems to have an issue with. It's possible, but I mean for me, I think that. It's very popular now, though, to do that, because that's kind of what alternative music
0: has brought about to culture, is that people are accepting more sporadic sounds. Yes and no. I mean, there are artists that obviously make a career out of being sporadic and kind of all over the place, but even those artists still have a connecting something. And also, I'm exaggerating it. This is not really
3: that much of a sporadic no. album. I mean, I'm, we're, our word choice here probably could be a little better, because we just said it's a soothing album, but it's sporadic. It's just his choices are
0: odd at times. I mean, for me, I think that Andrew Bird is a talent, and that that he's definitely above average. I would definitely give him that hands down. I mean, I, I there were things that I did enjoy, but as a whole, as an album, I just don't really think it's going to grab people. You're you're going to fall one side or the other. It's not going to be something that really grips a lot of people. Certain songs maybe, but as an album, I don't know that it's gonna it's gonna grab people. You know, and if if you want to listen to it passively, great. But I'm not a passive listener. A lot of the time. So for me it gets a 3-5. You know, it's a little better than average, but it's not a 4. You know, this isn't, this isn't a 4 or a four 4-5. The reason Robbie Williams got a 4-5 from me is because, you know, he hit things that really pulled you into this record because there was clearly a thought process to make it a cohesive unit. I rated Robbie Williams a 4 clearly for the purposes of theme. The fact yeah.
3: that I, I was running on the fact that he was making a point about pop music.
0: And uh, that's important. But in this, in closing, it's just a three five. I think that you know it's a little better than average, and I like it. But I don't know that I did go out of my way to listen to it.
2: I gotta okay. I gotta change my rating because I I think I'm really discrediting his skill a I, bit too much. I will admit it. I'm not. I'm not giving him enough. It's a three five. I gotta agree. Uh, we're closer 3-5. than yeah. It's a three five. We're closer than. It's not a three. There there's there's levels of skill here that should be pursued.
3: Um, I just think there's just, just I think too I much, would, too much. I would much. choose this over any almost, almost anything in the pop genre, which is why it's almost even a little weird for me to place this below Robbie Williams, because I would listen to this before Robbie Williams. It's, it's, it's right. just, as far as, it's really intelligent. Well, it's not even intelligence, because oh, I don't want to get back into the intelligence versus creativity um, debate, because we spent two weeks on it. Mm-hmm. I just want to make this one little point here. thing that I said about his improvisations, that's the big problem i feel that's that's what's too random for me i like improvisations but the it was like the first thing that i learned back in music school is if you're gonna make an improvisation you need to know the melody first you need to know what the theme is right Mm -hmm. and then marry it don't just ramble and i did feel that andrew bird rambled at times here i think that he's very talented he has very a lot of skill it's just he's sporadic with his choices not with his tone if that makes any sense
0: it does but i you know whereas i disagree i wouldn't choose the silver robbie williams because at least with robbie williams i have fun listening to it i get an enjoyment out of this that this i didn't really get like, i still think it's more substance here though uh define
2: substance substance might be the word you're looking for but i don't think there's enough content here
3: more like emotion This music actually does move me. It may not move either of you, but it really does move me. Robbie Williams is not going to do that at all. And this gives gives us a
2: good segue into our next
3: uh, section of the
2: podcast, emotions. We've mentioned this before, and we've talked about it at length over the last few weeks. Uh, What emotions do you feel while listening? What emotions do you think they're trying to portray? This is a really integral part of music, of experiencing music, because... It's a replication of something in your life. That's really how music breaks it down.
3: In order to connect, you have to be able to attribute to something else in your life. Yes, and I really do think this is the absolute perf- perfect segue from uh, from this album here because this defined th- the issue is that when you're when you've already established that an al- that an artist has talent and skill and and everything else that goes with uh, being a successful artist. Um, I- the only thing remains is that it factor. That what is going to grab one person versus grabbing the other person. And we definitely had that, that barrier between us today.
0: Right, but I don't think it's always the case. I mean, we all agree that Paper Chase makes you feel uncomfortable, agitated, angry. anxious, yeah. angry. angry. Right. You know, all these... things. Yeah, to some extent, we all agree
3: that this album made us feel a little bit sleepy. Calm. Calm and sleepy. Yeah, yeah. So that, th- that's my favorite
2: way of putting it, because it did calm me down. Yes. I will admit that. It kept me at a very
3: slow tempo. I think it's also something about the sound of his voice, too. But as
2: that goes to the the argument of uh, which emotions actually are best. And everybody's yes, going to have their own the choices.
0: But, but I think that sometimes music... So we're going to obviously have a conversation here about, you know... Is there a more favorable feels, emotion? We're going right. to talk about feels. But we're going to open our hearts. I, 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 I can almost play the devil's advocate that sometimes... The music that doesn't make you feel anything is better because if you're depressed and you don't want to be more depressed, you want to listen to something that kind of takes you out of it. That, I mean, I, I can't argue necessarily
3: if that's what you want at times, but I can I'm like a, I can say on the face of it that I am
0: the exact opposite. I like, I, like, I like reveling, to be honest. Well, I mean, don't confuse what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if I'm upset, I don't like to listen to depressing music because that's not the case. I'm just saying that depending on the emotion I'm feeling and whether I want to distract myself or not, sometimes that music that's just kind of fast-paced, empty, and not really emotion-evoking can kind of distract you and pull you from it as well. But right, it's a it, it's a matter of what you want to connect with at that moment.
3: But but this is this is this conversation going to actually boil itself down to, uh, you know, a- anger is a better emotion than fear, or uh, sad is better than happy? Now, okay, Cause sad, here's
2: here's here's where I think. <laughs>
3: I've done a lot of uh,
2: classes on philosophy, psychology, things like that, even though I'm never actually going to go into that field. I love the idea. Mm. Um, you got to remember that there's things like anger. Anger is not something you could just de- define as anger because there are good angers. There are bad angers. There is rage. There is well, this anger that wreck, actually makes you hate white
3: things. I don't think that's ever a good thing. On the personally. flip side, there's passion
2: because that's what true anger – That's what that's what – it is. It's an passion anger. Passion is based in a, in, a, in a true true passion for something. When you get furious enough to do something positive, there's there's a positive and negative to every real. But major I
0: don't know emotion. that anger defines passion the way you're saying it does. First of all, does. passion is really really
3: really really broad.
0: Yes, yeah, it's and like I can think, think of
3: the about any number of things. There are people that are so passionate about dancing and, and club music. They base their lives around this. They can't wait to go out Friday night. That that, that fist pump. That that's, yeah, that's going word. to drive them. But, okay, passion is wrong word, but there is positive anger.
2: That that yes. makes you do things for others. It makes you fight against people for those you love. Yes. I mean, that's anger.
3: You There's can... the rousing music of uh, the sixties that I think was. But this came we're, at we're, we're talking time.
2: about very strong feelings here, very high emotions. Now I I feel like high emotions as a whole I enjoy more in music, and I don't like calm. Calm is a difficult emotion, both to portray and to to keep someone's attention because it's a very low end of the emotional spectrum.
3: Okay, but I have a different interpretation of calm, because whereas you seem to see calm as just a flat-lined, uh, you know, end of the road. No, kind I'll of say thing. there's other things involved with it. Things like bliss. Well, that's just the thing. Calming, calming music, as far as I'm concerned, has a tendency... It's like stripping away the white noise. Because a lot of times when I hear a lot of, like, you know, loud thrashing or angry music or whatnot, I have to... it's kind of... it runs together in my head. But all of a sudden, when you just strip that away and you reduce it to its core components, it's like it, it helps me to focus in on certain specific emotions, like sadness. Or, like, even anger, to be honest. Even, even co- very calm music can still bring out anger. Because it's, it's contemplative. Any number of things can evolve from contemplative music. I feel like you're a very introverted person. Actually, no. Believe it or not. In public, I am not. Because I'm very extroverted. I'm very much a loud person.
2: Anybody who's met me has heard me yell. Um, and not even in anger, just in laughter. I love, I love feeling high emotion. I love lust. I love anger. I love fear. And not just fear, not just scared, but terror.
3: But sometimes, like, extremes... Like, if you just lay it flat, you know, if you're going to play and If you want to achieve anger by actually screaming, I don't think it always achieves it. Uh, like, no, I don't believe anger is achieved just by screaming.
2: I think that's one avenue to it. Look at rage. Rage against the machine. Okay. Great, great representation of anger. But that's not the be-all end-all of how you can portray such an
3: emotion. No. It's not. Which is why I don't see why you're demeaning the uh, the calmer side of things. Like, that's an avenue. A very valid avenue. Calm music and calm emotions are two separate
2: things. You can have calm music with that is actually filled with emotion. The perfect example is a lot of love ballads. You can feel very soulful, very much that high end of love,
3: but it could be nice, sweet, melodic, I mean it could be simple. I just have this belief that some of the most profound moments in life can come from that slow contemplative attitude.
0: Matt? He's been very quiet. He has been. Because you're both speaking in blacks and whites instead of grays, so I was waiting for you to finish. I feel well, we always start off at the extremes and then work our way down. In front That's of fair. I'm the protagonist. Media. No, wait. Steve's the protagonist. I'm the antagonist. I, I personally like, feel, I when listening to music especially, I'd like a balance of everything. I mean, yes, I, I like a large variety of music, which will add to the spectrum of emotional triggers I get from music, but... There's a time for everything, like if I'm very depressed, I want to put on a depressing mix CD that I've made of mostly depressing or slow songs, I'll listen to that. But other times I may be in the mood for something that I'm not really connecting with anything whatsoever other than this kind of high energy, like say Rob Zombie or Power Man 5000, which lyrically are very empty and not very a motive, but the emotion comes from the power of the music as opposed to the lyrics themselves. Right, and I'm not demeaning any of that by contrast either, because,
3: I mean, there there is that side to me. I mean, it comes out every day, but, it, like, I, I, I guess you could say it's just, what would you describe, I'm going to turn this into a question, what would you describe as some of the most profound music to you? A profound music that I've listened to? Yes. Um, I know I say that broadly, but, I mean... You, on the, in, on the inside, you
0: know what profound means to you. To you. So are, you, are we talking music that inspires me? Honestly, it just moves you powerfully in one oh, direction well. or the other. Well, I mean, music that moves me powerfully, I mean, one of the most powerfully moving songs that I can recall in the last couple of years was Affection. Affection's one of those songs that was so sweeping and so powerful that it, it really moved me. And That and was more of a slower kind of swooning type of track.
3: Correct. That's basically my only point, is I think when most people think back in their lives, they're not going to cite a thrash metal song as the most... I mean, I... I, I um, this is... A, this is just a hypothesis of mine.
0: I have a parallel, though. Even though Affection is one of the more moving songs the last couple of years I've heard, on the other side of it, a song I've played for both of you that I actually did an article for on the site called The End by Blue October, Mm. is not calm and beautiful. It's very kind of passion-filled and rage-filled because it's the song of the perspective of the ex coming home, finding his girlfriend with their new significant other and doing whatever it takes to get in there and kill them both. I mean, the lyrics Mm. are very dark and very powerful. And that song, every time I hear it, moves me also. Fair enough.
3: To be fair, I really am playing complete 100% devil's advocate right now. I get that. Because we're not actually going to have a discussion of which emotion is better than the other. There's no such thing. All we have is literally more frequent preferences for either one. Uh, Okay, I've got two.
2: To to answer your question. Alright. El Scorcho by Weezer. Really, it's a whiny, weird song. And the, the lyrics are scream during it. Just, just shy of scream during it. And I love that song. And it always gets me up and energized and adrenaline filled. And on the flip side, there's a song by Flobots called Rise. From uh, their uh, Fight With Tools album. And it's a slow... Duh, 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 duh. And that's the beat. And just bounces back and forth, and it's a slow build, a very slow build, um, softly sung lyrics, softly rap lyrics, and and it it builds me that same way, mm. but in a com- it, it builds me the same level, but in a completely different way.
3: Okay, I understand that. Yeah, I'm gonna go out and cite something that actually is both at the same exact time, just to prove how much of an asshole I'm really being right now, because I am on the devil's advocate side of things. I don't necessarily prefer calm to angry, but. Uh, or, you know, thrashy, whatever you want to put it. Rhapsody in Blue, George Gershon. Ooh. This is one of my absolute favorite pieces of music ever written. And it has moved me, and will always continue to move me every time I put it on. And it has the best of both worlds. It can be slow and swooning, and at the same time, it can be almost obnoxious. It It is... Everything about you, yourself, and everything about America as a nation... And everything about the world the same exact time. This is what that piece means to me, if I could sum it up.
2: And that is the only good part of Fantasia
0: 2.
3: Yes, I agree with you there. Pounded on that one. Yeah. We pounded. Um, <laughs> We're your friends s- again. I'll see
0: your song that represents multiple emotional spectrums and raise you one
3: <laughs>
0: Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh. Uh, that's because I had the
3: word Rhapsody in it. I think that's a cop
0: out. Cop out? Yes. Do you know way. what the words "cop out" mean?
3: Because <laughs> yes,
2: I don't think yes, you do. Yes,
3: I do. I think that means what you think it means. No, you're choosing.
2: Um, you're choosing too good of
3: a song. That's what I'm saying. You're cop out. Well, actually, out. you know, I'm. I'm gonna. F- well, it's not like I can challenge you I'm on this. And I'm not challenging you It's on not a it. matter of a challenge or anything. I would just cite that as more of a crowd pleaser than a personal thing. Yeah, because go, the queen. song because. When it comes to Queen, they write so many ballads, right? Yeah. They are about... It's not even necessarily about themselves. They're writing stories. They're things that are almost in the third person. They are... Queen is just the vessel. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm dead
2: serious all about All hail Freddie Mercury. Exactly. Um, Somebody to Love is another example of one of their songs. And another good song that really can capture that, uh, all over the place, Paradise by the Dashboard Light.
0: Yeah, well, that's also kind of all over the place. Yeah, yeah. that's the idea of that. Uh, like the ups and downs I love the of baseball love. part.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that one. You gotta stop one. right there.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, maybe I have heard that
2: one. You <laughs> got know right now. Before we go any further. It's not a concert. I know. It's
3: not a concert. podcast. But I love that song. But, um... No, that's a fair point to raise as far as uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. But the only thing is that I... I guess you could say it lacks the personal quality to I me. Guess. There's nothing about it that necessarily like no. speaks to me as a person. Yeah, no, of
0: course. I... That's,
3: that's the only reason I use Rhapsody in Blue is because it's, like, it's, it's all at once. It's like I'm feeling something for myself and the nation and the world all at the same time. And I'm feeling them in both directions. The bad, I mean the worst and the best. That I, that's just what it means to me personally. Right, Maybe not to everybody, but uh, I think it's a very defining song. Well, peace. <laughs>
0: I mean, th- I think it's interesting, the idea of writing music, and that there's so many angles you can come at it from, whether you're really depressed and writing about a very depressed topic, or very happy and writing about something you're very happy about. And then on the, on the flip side, it's not always that clear-cut. You could write a really happy-sounding song that's actually very depressing. And it's vice versa. Hard to pull off. Or,
3: or one that is born of depression.
0: <laughs> yes.
3: Because sometimes that's exactly well, what you need to pull yourself out. You have to write something in.
2: It's, uh It becomes an issue with the instruments in that case because certain genres of music lend itself towards different emotional fields. It's hard to do death metal as a calming song
3: purely yes. because of how the music is And I think that's composed. the only reason I'm a little biased against it. i would never um, impugn an entire genre on this podcast, but I feel that it is a less flexible genre. By by nature of the instruments and the the loud qualities of it, but I don't think it has that flexibility.
0: Um, death metal specifically, maybe, but metal in general, no.
3: No, oh, totally. That's metal, why I chose in g- death metal, metal,
0: yes, death, yeah, oh, death okay. metal,
3: thrash metal. That's because what he's talking about. You
0: take a band like Metallica, who have had a huge emotional spectrum range. No, I define. I defy you to find a more beautiful song especially in the metal genre, then nothing else matters. I'm not saying anything about metal, I know the flexibilities of metal. Because nothing else matters, as far as metallic and just music in general, is is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. I do want to say though,
3: that metal has a tendency to fall into patterns. Depending on the artist, yes. But I am saying this a little bit more broadly, because a lot of artists fall into that pattern. There is a tradition of metal that I think is very closely followed. And a lot of and I'm actually going to mention this in a review that I'm doing coming up soon, um, on an upstart metal band, that I think when upstart metal bands, if you look at their library, they would, con- they would consist of, it's, it's this type of power chord breakdown, you know, everything a little bit more of a fast-paced, ridiculous runs, uh, rapid chord changes, rapid meter changes, almost... The same thing that we were saying about this album, but in the opposite direction. Too much, almost a little bit too much. That it loses sight of things like theme. Right. Like it can ramble on and on. I know a lot of metal like that. I know that metal has flexibility. That some some metal just sticks in a in a niche. I have a question for you, Steve, and it's going to lead into another question,
2: depending upon how you answer it. Would <laughs> answer you me say these
3: questions three?
2: Actually, it's, yes. He's Riddle me this Batman. This is two, and when we'll see. Would you say there's a similarity between blues and jazz? Well, that's not even up for questioning. I okay. mean, one was born of the other. And you, you would almost say that they're opposites of the same coin. But extremely closely related.
3: Not opposites in any way. I wouldn't, I can't say opposites. No.
2: Okay. Then I'm going to propose... That I while there's a huge level of overlap, I don't think jazz can go down far enough, and blues can go up high enough to truly encapsulate the you higher mean, and lower ends.
3: You need to elaborate on the high and low business, because that can mean a lot.: jazz of Jazz
2: cannot hit the truest bottom levels of calmness, of bliss, of the slow feel. I disagree. <laughs>
1: Yes, I'm I would love to, already. I
2: really want you to, to, to show me this, because I'm really I curious will. now. I when look, you
3: were talking about this, I was... There's and some I don't jazz think, out there then that I'm I think propose, has, has that ability. I'm jazz is, is equally as flexible. What you're thinking, I think you're thinking about jazz in the same way that I perceive metal. You're looking at the niches, the, the, the patterns that a lot of uh, artists fall into in jazz, which are kind of that rambly quality think, that a lot of well, jazz Well, then another question has, I like have... Endless improvisation. The other thing is, do you think you can find blues that hit the highest of emotional levels? That, I'm more inclined to agree with you than the previous. Because I think blues, by definition, is that base level stuff. Like, the lowest of the low, as you put it. And just to try and clarify this a little bit, it is the root of an emotion. It, it, the, the word itself, the genre Boys. is an emotion. So how can, you, how can you really stray too far from that? Okay. How can you really uh, bring that... I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of different genres use the blues riff within their music, right? And they borrow from blues. In, any, in many ways, everything borrows from blues. A lot, at least. Except maybe contemporary classical. <laughs> I'm going to smack them. <laughs> You're not agreeing um, with this? No, sense? no, I'm just this a question you have to bring some examples to the table then. No, no,
2: this is a question that I'm, I'm I I really just want to know. I want to know
3: your take on these. My take on it is that jazz blue, can blues hit. is very very important, but alone it can be a little bit shallow. Wow, I never thought I'd hear you say something like that. Really? Yeah. What would you take me for? I thought you were much more a lover of blues. No. No, in oh. fact, I resent. I resent any um, any any jazz instruction that forces me to go through blues before I get to the rest. <laughs> <That's just laughs> only because they do that a lot, and um, I don't think it's personally. I don't think it's necessary. You can skip blues if you want. It's helpful, but you know. Um. Uh, anyone else want anything?
0: Uh. Well. I mean. I don't know. For me. It's tough to talk about emotion and music so generally and broadly. I think also just because clearly we're obviously not saying one emotion is better than the other because that's dumb. I'd like the way this one turned out though because, no, I, I never...
3: like I like that question. You and posed, I really
2: want to hear so this jazz you were talking about. But to All me, right.
0: sounds good. To me though, the thing about emotion and music is that I've always been fascinated by. Considering I'm not really much of a music or songwriter myself, is take an artist. Um, I guess no doubt is the best one I can think of off the top of my head because you take their their second album, Tragic Kingdom, which was born out of her and her boyfriend, who is the ba- bassist, no, guitarist, guitarist. One of this. Um, broke up, and so this song had this arc of there were positive songs that were born out of happiness, but mostly a lot of songs born out of heartache. And since then, she's gotten happily married to someone else, and she's gotten happier and written music that reflects that happiness as well. Take. Hey Baby or Hell, Hell, or um, Rocksteady is an album as a whole. People would argue that one's better than the other, but I'm truly curious as from a songwriter's point of view is what do you feel is better and or easier to write? If you're someone who's both written music when you're happy and when you're depressed, I'm just using very specific examples, is one easier than the other? This is not something that we can really answer on the podcast. Actually, easier than one, I have I mean.
2: done a lot of uh, short story writing all sudden done probably about five thousand pages worth of short stories. I find that <laughs> for me personally, the angrier, the more depressed I am, the less towards the happy end of the spectrum, the better I do. The more I have to say, the more I can put to paper.
3: Ah. Uh, that actually, um that is one thing I'm inclined to agree on, and to be honest, that's all that's the only point I was trying to make with uh calming music, so to speak, or or things on the sadder side of things. Right. I once heard an amazing analogy from a from an old professor of mine that said that one of the reasons the the minor chord is used so much and actually has so many options for it that you can you can turn a minor chord, you can go into any of the other modes into music. You can go to the blues chord, you can go into uh go into Lydian, Low Green, you go to all these other things. One of the reasons you have so much more flexibility there than you do the major chord. Because the net chord is kind of rigid. A little bit rigid. Just have nice, happy song. And one of the reasons this actually occurs is because think about, think about a family. Think about like, a sad family. Who's going to have the more interesting story to tell? The sad family or the happy family? The sad couple or the happy couple? Sad couple. Happy just is. Yeah. When you achieve happiness, you practically have no more goals. Because the definition of pure happiness it's is contending. achieving everything that you want. Otherwise, you would have nothing to be nothing to be longing about. Sadness is the story. That's yeah. the story of the entire human condition: is sadness. That's why, just analogy, that's why minor chords might have a little bit more options to it. That's deep, man. That's super deep. Well, that's actually whole... I, I I am just the vessel. <laughs> that's, well, that's <laughs> the analogy, the amazing analogy that was not done by me. To break
0: it down more simply, that's the that's why, especially in this internet culture that we're living in now. People focus on negative over positive. Because when someone tells you, hey, man, that was great, you just go, oh, they think I'm great and move on. Exactly. But if someone calls you out on something that you know is wrong, saying that you're terrible, you're awful, you don't know what like you're you talking better about.
3: better explain that. <laughs> you focus on
0: that. I mean, it, um, um, Chris Hardwick um, always talks about on a podcast how there's this one guy who said something to him on Twitter, Twitter and he tore him up because he got his attention. Meanwhile... Dozens of people a day tell him how awesome he is and how much they like his stuff, and he glosses over it because it's, it's the negative that gets your attention. I'm playing devil's advocate again, though. I'm the kind of person who if somebody just says like a
3: standard, shallow compliment, it's like, nah, you gotta give me something else there, otherwise you're just spewing. You're an exception that proves the rule. Probably. <laughs> um, you know
2: what? But an exception that
0: proves the rule doesn't actually prove the rule. <laughs> I never liked that saying. Anyway, what's going on yeah, next? Yeah, neither, actually what's coming up next week <laughs> so next week unfortunately this week we weren't able to have Hazel with us today she had a, a prior engagement but she will be on next week um, with her album that we'd mentioned before she will be our guest on the 4th and uh, and I'm excited to have her on also I'm working with Key to St. Cyr, another blessed performer we're in email discussion uh, the last couple of days about having her on soon as well hopefully towards the end of March Um, We also have, the week after Hazel, we have Joe Rude of Kings of Karaoke coming on to talk to us a little little bit about karaoke. Um, But yeah, that's about it coming up. Um, I'd like to turn it over to Steve before we wrap up for our latest fan mail. Ah, yes. You can find
3: some interesting points in time in this article, but I do not know if I can see them all and center them to heart. There is some validity, but I will take hold opinion... Until I look into it further, excellent article, thanks, and we want more. Also, you've been added to feed burner. <laughs> so, almost uh, that was a rare, buy rare cheap insightful boots. Right? That's almost like the exact kind of comment that I want in the most stereotypical fashion. Right. It's like I will take your opinions and I will
0: think about them, but I will not. The words you yet. said. Gotta love Went when in my world.
2: ear holes.
0: Gotta love when the robots are getting better at being not robots they're learning they are learning soon we'll be in trouble um thanks guys for listening as always uh go ahead and check out the website comment donate email blah 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 um we're still working on fixing the itunes problem i did get in touch with them it's an rss feed uh xml xml problem so for now if you want to find us you were of course on crashcores.com which you know if you're listening um I want to thank also Abandoned Pools for contacting me through Twitter. We're working to do an interview with them sometime in the near future. So look out for that, as well as maybe down the line, have them on the podcast or have him on the podcast. So thanks for listening, guys. And as always, music is life and life is good.